I'm Danny Valentino, and welcome to Crypto on the Beat, a podcast that explores the relationship between music and cryptocurrency. Every episode, we break down the latest news in the space and are joined by some of the players on the cutting edge of these new trends that are helping to reshape our world. This is Crypto on the Beat. Coming up on this episode of Crypto on the Beat, all the headlines making waves in today's digital economy, plus my interview with legendary French composer, musician, and producer, Jean-Michel Jarre, who will introduce us to immersive and spatial audio and talk all about his experience with virtual reality and the metaverse with regards to his music and beyond. The first immersive object is a book. When you are reading a book, you are actually projecting yourself, your imagination into the story. I mean, metaverse or VR is one step further when you can teleport yourself with your digital twin, but it's the same thing. We'll get into all that and more in the full conversation coming up in just a bit. But first, let's check some headlines. Sam Bankman-Fried has finally been arrested more than a month after the collapse of his crypto exchange FTX. He was taken into custody by authorities in the Bahamas late Monday night and is expected to be extradited to the U.S., where he'll face a myriad of charges from the federal government. In addition, the SEC has just filed a civil complaint against him, alleging that he engaged in a scheme to defraud equity investors and have been operating a massive years-long fraud, essentially taking billions of dollars of customer funds and using them for his own personal benefit. Now, the investigation into the collapse of FTX is still ongoing, and it remains to be seen if anyone else will be charged. This is a developing story that we will surely be monitoring for months and probably years to come. Mariah Carey is bringing her Winter Wonderland holiday show to the metaverse. She's announced a mini residency inside Roblox that will begin next Wednesday, December 21st and run four consecutive nights. My kids and I live for Roblox, Mariah said, and we couldn't be more excited to be creating this festive metaverse experience for everyone. Mariah will become the first artist to host any sort of residency in the metaverse. And Ledger has created a new hardware wallet for NFTs. The company has teamed up with Tony Fidel, the designer of the iPod, to create a sleek, palm-sized, touchscreen hardware wallet called the Ledger Stacks. Now, the device can safely store your digital assets offline and will even show your artwork of choice on the screen when it's turned off. Sounds like an iPod Nano for the crypto generation with the added security benefit. The device retails for $279 and is now available for pre-order with shipping expected in March. Let's welcome in today's special guest. Uh, he's an early pioneer of electronic music, a man who has sold more than 85 million records worldwide. And at the young age of 74, the man is putting out more music than ever before. Now, recently, he's become a big proponent of immersive audio the metaverse, and all things virtual reality. And he's here to discuss all that and more. Uh, let's welcome Jean-Michel Jarre to Crypto on the Beat. How are you? Fine, and yourself? I'm doing great. First of all, uh, congratulations. I mean, what an exciting time for you. You just uh, released a new album. Uh, I think it's 50 years uh, since you put out the first one uh, back in 1972. I mean, can you believe that you've been uh, doing this for that long? Uh, no, <laughs> but you know, one thing is that I've always been uh, quite uh, obsessed by uh, the relationship between uh, sound and space. And when I started, I was even trying to widen stereo. 
And uh, the good thing uh, now is actually with the technology available, you can actually uh, explore music composition in a total different way, which is very exciting these days is actually for decades, we had a, a frontal relationship with, uh, with music. When you are writing for a symphonic orchestra, you are for an orchestra, you are visualizing the, the, the orchestra in front of you. When you are in, in a studio, you have speakers in front of you. And uh, when you are in a festival or concert hall, you have the, uh, the PA system in front of you. So you have this kind of uh, frontal relationship, but stereo doesn't exist in nature. I mean, when I'm talking to you, I'm talking to you in uh, mono. A bird singing is in, in mono. That is, the, the, of course, the environment around us and, and our human ears, which are actually creating the perspective in audio. And the great thing today is actually with the technology available, we can go back to what sound is all about. I mean, being immersed by sounds and for musicians and for young artists, for all of us, it's a big game changer. Yeah. And we're going to get into a lot of that uh, in, in the conversation here. I'm not sure how much you actually remember about the process of making that first album. I, I imagine a lot of things must be much easier to do today, but is there any part of the album making process that has actually gotten harder? I would say yes and no, because actually uh, every generation is bringing specific technology. When I started, we were limited with lots of equipment, but limitations sometimes are, are quite cool because less is more. It's difficult to compare, but I, I, I feel really lucky to have been through uh, three great moments of disruption. The first one was the early age of electronic music and, and being, a, as you said, one of the pioneers of the genre. Uh, it's, it was quite exciting. The second disruptive moment is the uh, emergence of uh, digital and, and computers and so on. And the, the third one, which is probably the most important one, is the development of immersive worlds, VR, metaverse, which is going to be a, a total game changer for creators and for audience. And you've, you've done quite a bit with that, which we're going to talk about in, in, in a little bit. But I have to ask you, um, you know, in a lot of the, uh, you know, the, the conversations that I've had in, in the studies, it's the Gen Z and the millennials that are kind of leading the way into this space. Certainly not, you know, the Gen X or the baby boomers. How did you get turned on to all of this stuff? I've always been quite curious about uh, about new technology. And then I've been involved with Metaverse and I've been involved with VR at quite an early stage, like 10, 12 years ago. And, you know, I always thought that uh, immersive objects are very old. The first immersive object is a book. When you are reading a book, you are actually projecting yourself, your imagination into, uh, into the story, whatever it's uh, Harry Potter or, or whatever. And then you, you, can, you can imagine the different characters and you project yourself. I mean, metaverse of VR is one step further when you can teleport yourself with your digital twin. But it's the same thing. What you did on uh, New Year's Eve 2021 was a, was a groundbreaking show, right? So we're in the height of the pandemic. The world is essentially still locked down. And you did a, a virtual performance at uh, the famous cathedral in Paris, the Notre Dame. Uh, you were actually, I believe, in a studio somewhere in France, but yet your avatar was inside the Notre Dame. You had tens of millions of people around the world that watched this. I mean, just kind of take take me through that experience a little bit and, uh, you know, maybe talk about how your avatar w was created to, you know, perform this way. Yeah, I mean, uh, I uh, after different uh, different performance I, I did during the lockdown, during the COVID period, we wanted to try to think of, uh, of a concept to try to celebrate New Year's Eve. And uh, as, you, as you probably know, Notre Dame has been... Uh, uh, has been in fire and, and almost all destroyed. And, they, and, and I thought that it could be quite, 
quite interesting to pay tribute to the, what we were hoping that could be the renaissance of all of us by the, the end of the COVID we were all expected. It was a bit too soon <laughs> at the beginning of 2021, but and also by paying tribute to, to uh, this uh, fantastic cathedral, which is kind of symbol of uh, mankind worldwide. So, and you can't, you still can't go inside. So I say it could be quite cool to, to create a kind of a great performance in, the, in a VR uh, Notre Dame. So what we did is actually we, I, I, I was performing in a, in, a, in a real studio, in the real world, in the center of Paris. And uh, my avatar was uh, playing in, uh, in Notre Dame. And we did a, a, a kind of mixed media performance where I was live in uh, this uh, environment we created, this VR Notre Dame, but also on uh, social, on social uh, platforms in, uh, in China, in Asia, in Europe, all over the world. What was quite new is actually it's a, it's a totally different experience than having, being in a, in a pre-recorded sequence in, a, in an existing game, like, if I, I don't know, like Travis Scott in Fortnite, for instance, where, where everything is pre-recorded and it's existing in an existing game. That in, in that case, and it's what I, I'm really interested by in Metaverse these days, is that to be really in a live situation where, where everything is live, when uh, uh, there is no, it's not in an existing ex- environment, the environment is created for the, for, the, for the gig. Lots of people are talking about VR and talking about different things. You know, it's uh, uh, something is, some, and it's, it's not better or worse, it's just something different. You have people uh, being in 2D in front of green screen, you have people playing in a, uh, Roblox or Fortnite in, a, in an existing game, and and also you have what what is my main interest uh, uh, being really live into into the metaverse, being live at the same time in the real world and in in uh, in VR, which is quite exciting and it's another experience. How is an avatar of you created? I mean, do you have to sit there and and is there like a long process that uh, creates this likeness of you? Like you know, how, take us through uh, you know creating a, a Jean Michel Jarre avatar. We have to think that we are still in the dark age of metaverse, and uh, I'm 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 still. When you are in a in a life situation where you are depending on the uh, the amount of data you have to to spend, uh, of course the the the, uh, the avatar can't be perfect. And and so far, until now, the more you you're perfect in a live situation. Of course, if you if you record everything and if you can, it's more or less like a movie. So you can you can have more or less uh, the, the same, uh, see hardly a difference between a human being and, and, and an avatar. But in yeah. the case where you have to project your avatar in a live situation, whatever it is, you have to find tricks to make it cool, even if it's simple. So wh- rather than uh, uh, going to try to uh, do a, an avatar really l- being really hyper-realist or realistic, I, I went into uh, something more uh, more poetic, more uh, an avatar made of light with my features, with my body, but not trying to be realistic or super realistic, but more, 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 more being like a kind of, uh, uh, you know, a kind of la- 
electric type of person, like the the the, the first pre- Princess Leia in in the first Star Wars. You know? Fantastic. Well, I, listen. I mean, a lot of people. Uh, I just want to shift back to your album here a little bit because there's it's a couple of components with this album that uh, I think are pretty fascinating uh, on the audio and the visual side. But I mean, a lot of people after a certain period of time, uh, you know, of doing anything, they maybe slow down the pace, right? They they get set in their ways on how they do things. I mean, for you, it, it has been the opposite. You're putting out, as I mentioned earlier, more music than ever, uh, and you're constantly experimenting with new technology. Technology. Uh, the album, it's called Oxymore. And uh, so, like I said, there's an audio and visual component that I want to break down. I want to start with the audio side of it, right? So you recorded this in 360 spatial audio or what you've, you're calling immersive audio. I mean, just take us through what is that and how is it different from the way that we've consumed music uh, up until now? You know, uh, everybody's talking about spatial audio these days. And most of the time, what we, we, what is available in, in, in the market is actually uh, some production conceived in stereo and then specialized and mixed for Dolby Atmos and all that. And for me, it's a little bit like uh, taking a movie in black and white and colorize a black and white movie. If you do really want to have the, the sense of immersive, you have to start at the level of the composition of writing and product, producing the music. Is what I've done for Oxymore which is the idea of uh, starting from scratch, from zero, not only in stereo, not in stereo, but really in, uh, in, uh, in multi-channel. And, uh, and then in my studio, I, 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 instead of saying, okay, I'm going to, to put the, the, the bass the base on the left side or, or the, 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 the symbols on the, on, on the right side, I, actually I, I took every element of the arrangement around me, like in a sense, like a kind of... A, uh, audio object, object in space, or all around me, from from the level of the composition, and not only at the level of mixing. And of, of course, it's a total game changer because it's uh, suddenly you 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 can you can create total different relationship between between sounds. You have much more space to to uh, to create uh, to create your your arrangement, and it's a it's a total new way. Of uh, composition, it's, it's like actually going from mono to stereo, and I'm quite convinced with the development of what we are talking about, development of uh, metaverse and VR and XR. We'll consider stereo in a few years from now, like we we are considering today uh, the gramophone of our grandparents, uh, the, the the mono and the, the early stage of uh, recorded music. This was the first album, I believe, that was recorded this way. And, uh, I mean, you feel strongly that this is going to be a big part uh, of the future of music, this type of sound. Yeah, I mean, if, if, you, if you listen to it, even in, in binaural, uh, with, with your standard headphone and, and your smartphone, you, you will uh, feel inst- instantly the difference. And the difference is not only in terms of sound, it's also, of course, gives, gives the, uh, the musician, myself, but lots of others, I think, uh, in the future, a total different uh, 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 a different territory. It's like uh, opening doors in new territory. And it reminds me about uh, uh, the early age of electronic music. So when suddenly with synthesizers and, and new analog equipment and the digital equipment, you could create anything. And this is exactly what uh, what it is. It's a, it's a new freedom. It's a new free territory. And it's so exciting. 
It is exciting. And if you look at a lot of the new arenas that are being built today as well, they use uh, you know terms like immersive audio and I think even spatial audio to describe the sound and the experience that you're going to get when you go to the show. So you recording music uh, in this fashion, I think, uh, you know, is, is very forward thinking and, and exciting. There's also a video component to this album. Uh, we've talked a bit about the metaverse. You've actually created your own virtual world uh, to accompany this release. Uh, it, it's a, a virtual music city that you've said is somewhere between uh, Metropolis and Sin City. Uh, it's called Oxyville. Uh, what can you tell us about it? Actually, again, because uh, when you are in a live situation, you have to deal with uh, uh, limitations of, of data and, and, uh, and bandwidth. So uh, I said, uh, you know, uh, when, when you are dealing these days with... Uh, the VR uh, soundscapes. You have to you 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 have to deal with the uh, voxels. You know what like for for people it's like pixels, but cubic pixels, uh, like voxels in very very primitive cube cubic shapes. So I said it could be to save to save that. I said okay, it could be quite fun to have this kind of uh, uh, constructivist a la Metropolis or Sin City in black and white to save data, but to keep a kind of uh, to keep a, a kind of aesthetic. This city called Oxyville is actually made of uh, 11 districts uh, because I have 11 tracks in the album. And after what I did uh, last week uh, in, uh, in Paris, I perform live uh, in, a, in a hall. At the same time, I'm performing live in the city. And after, and after each track, you are teleported automatically in the new, new district. So it's a quite cool thing because you can actually having the, your real audience in a, in a hall, in a concert hall, and also your, uh, lots of people coming from all over the world uh, in, uh, in Oxyville. And I would like in the future to, to open the, like the mayor of the village or the city to uh, leave the keys to uh, other artists for them to uh, perform or to, to uh, explore the city or to do master classes or, or residencies or whatever. And it's, uh, it's, I really would see this as a kind of uh, open, open city, open village for, for performance for, 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 for musicians. Do I need any special technology to participate in this, or can I just, you know, log in on my uh, computer and, and have a go at it? Yeah, exa- exactly. I mean, the, the, I mean, to to perform for other artists, we, we need we need a few, still a few few months. I think it will be the city will be really open uh, in twenty twenty three. But at the moment, you can go back to uh, to watch the performance, and it's, it's a quite an exciting moment. It's quite it's quite it's quite special, and uh, we have I mean all the inhabitants because we have some inhabitants. They are quite, quite, quite cool people. Uh, the uh, inhabitants of Oxyville, quite cool people, quite, uh, and quite fun, and and they are mixed to the uh, real audience uh, of avatars uh, when uh, it comes to uh, perform uh, a gig with the uh, with the audience. Could be, you know, there is what's what's great with the metaverse, and it's something that which is very important to remember. It has a social aspect for people who are isolated for geographic reasons or for reasons of handicap they can be connected to a to a to a same to the same place to the same event with everybody else and i would like to to tell you a very short anecdote what happened just a few days ago i was rehearsing in oxyville the, the concert and uh, you have few guests uh, being invited in oxyville with their avatars and after the the rehearsal i went i put my headset and i went into the the city and and then I was we had a kind of Q and A session where uh, talking about the the people and the, and you had a, one guy in Shanghai one one guy from Rio one 
from uh, Seattle. And, uh, and one girl was there, very excited. She danced all, all, all evening, asking lots of questions. And then I said, uh, so who are you? And she said, I'm from Manchester in the UK. And uh, I discovered that she, she, she was a quadriplegic, tetraplegic. She was paralyzed. It was wow. the first time that this girl went to a gig and was dancing. So, you know, it's, uh, it's amazing. There is also this, this, uh, this, this, this aspect, which is, which also creates the idea of a metaverse, something very, uh, very positive for, for, for future audiences. For sure. I mean, and the question becomes too, I mean, you, you see events like you're talking about, uh, you look at maybe what ABBA has done with their uh, virtual concert that they're doing in London. They're selling out every night. They're talking about expanding this. I mean, do we ever reach a point where artists say, you know what, the costs are too much for me to do something live. Maybe I want to do something like a, a metaverse or a hologram type performance. And we start seeing, uh, you know, less live events and more digital events. Do you think it gets to that point where we start to take away from the live experience with this? I don't think that uh, nothing replaces nothing. It would be uh, at the same time as we say that uh, Metaverse or VR would replace live uh, live events. Uh, it, it, work, it worked both ways. You know, uh, people who are, who are criticizing Metaverse and VR say, ah, it's, uh, it's not the same. It's going to be, it's going to be a risk for, for live events. Uh, they should remember about the beginning of uh, cinema. You know, at the beginning of, uh, of movies and cinema, lots of people from theater were saying, but you know, all these guys moving on a, on a white screen, they're not real actors. The real actor is somebody on stage with a real audience. And cinema became the major art form we know. Uh, and, and so, I mean, metaverse and VR should be, should be considered today as a mode of expression in itself. It's something different from the live event. I think it's not going to replace live events because it's a different story. It's a different context. But I think that, of course, as you said, for, you know, what's great. I mean, today you can produce, you can write, you can, you can distribute your, your music from your uh, living room. Tomorrow you will be able to do the same with your show by designing your, 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 your stage, your lighting, your everything from your bedroom. And this is, of course, a total game changer for young artists. Yeah, for sure. You made a comment uh, fairly recently. You said, I feel sorry for those who are scared about the future. And, uh, you know, people were scared, as you mentioned earlier, with computers. People were scared about the internet. If you might remember the stories back in the 90s, like, what do I want to sit in front of a computer for when, you know, I want to go outside and spend time with my family. Now we can't survive without the internet. And uh, you think that we're looking at a similar situation now, you know, maybe 10, 15 years from now, it'll be the same with the metaverse. Yeah, even not in 10, 15 years, I would say even 10, 15 months, maybe. Wow. You know, it's going, it's going so fast. You know, it's absolutely, what you're saying is so true. You know, uh, I saw the other day on the internet one, one front page of the beginning of the 20th century, of, of, uh, it was in, uh, in the UK, and the front page was saying, be careful if you go, if you go into a, a steam train over 50, 50, uh, 50 kilometers per hour, your, your, your brain may explode. You know, it's this, this kind of uh, uh, never-ending dystopic vision we have uh, uh, towards the future, saying lots of people are, th- are saying, okay, yesterday was better, tomorrow is going to be worse. And it's not true because if, if it was so true, we will not be together talking what you in New York, you from New York, me from Paris uh, today. So, you know, we, we should stop having this... Uh, this uh, somber and dark vision of the future. Technology is neutral. It's all depending on, on the way you're using it, of course. It's very exciting. And uh, I think we're going to leave it at that. Uh, a, a great conversation. Uh, certainly a, a pleasure to speak with you. And, and if, if you listen to electronic music today, there's a very good chance that your favorite DJ 
will have this man uh, as their favorite DJ. Uh, you know, he's influenced so many, and he's continuing to influence music today. And uh, it's great to be talking about the future with uh, Jean-Michel Jarre. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. That was my conversation with electronic music legend Jean-Michel Jarre, who incredibly at the age of 74 is not only producing more music than ever before, he is experimenting and in some cases leading the way in utilizing new technology. Not long after our conversation, I was invited to a listening session at Sony Studios in New York to hear his new album, In Spatial Audio. I was with about 10 other people and we were led into a private screening room with about 15 speakers surrounding us. We were asked to close our eyes and just immerse ourselves in the sound. And I have to say, it was mind-blowing. Sounds coming from everywhere, traveling across the room from left to right, front to back. At the end of the session, there was a good 15 to 20 seconds of silence from all of us in the room as we processed what we had just heard. It was very hard to go home and listen to my own sound system after experiencing that. Groundbreaking for sure, and there is little doubt we'll be hearing a lot more about spatial and immersive sound in 2023. Thanks again to Jean-Michel for joining us and see you again in two weeks when we look back on a wild year in crypto and revisit some of the memorable moments we shared with our guests. Special thanks to everyone who makes Crypt on the Beat possible. Sarah Bentley, Roger Coletti, Bill Crandall, Jen Derwin, Emily Doherty, Mike Spinella, and Chris Watherspoon. I'm your host, Danny Valentino. Crypto on the Beat is a Sirius XM production. Sirius XM Podcasts.